Join me now in our opening prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me.
Friends, welcome. Uh, I love Ash Wednesday. Uh, I love that you have come. I love you for coming. Uh, Ash Wednesday attendance, I think, is a measure of the maturity, the spiritual depth of a church. We get a lot of people on Ash Wednesday, and I love that about us. It's not uh, pony rides or fun. We do have cute children, you have to admit, but um, uh, it's a service when we are serious, we take ourselves seriously, we take God seriously. It's a season, it's a day when we celebrate things like sorrow and remorse and a determination to live a more beautiful, intentional life. So this is what we join together in this day. Thank you for being here. Uh, our scripture reading is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58. Lift up your voice, announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins. Day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness. They ask, why do we fast but you do not see? Why humble ourselves but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day. You oppress your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless into your house? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, like waters never fail. Your ancient ruin shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. If you notice when you're uh, walking around, there are crosses everywhere. Uh, they're in window frames, uh, the architecture of your house, the gear shift in your car. They're just uh, architectural lines. They're the mast of a ship. There are crosses everywhere in the same way that God is everywhere. God is always with us. If we just learn how to notice, if we learn how to be attentive, God is before us. God is behind us. God is around us. God is beneath us. God is above us. Even if we aren't paying attention, even if we don't believe, God's like that. Uh, tonight, uh, there'll be crosses uh, by the time you leave on your forehead. I had one uh, earlier. Uh, my bike helmet this afternoon smudged it off. 
that have a uh, typical adventure in the store, I walked in and somebody was looking at me very quizzically. I could tell he wanted to help. I just want to say, it's a crazy thing we do at church, among many crazy things that we do at church. I hope you will, uh, with your cross on your forehead tonight, when you get home, uh, look in the mirror and linger there a few moments. You will have been marked with the cross of Christ. It's everywhere, but it will be on you, on the part of you that thinks and loves and feels. <laughs> it's a little bit like the mark of Cain. You know, Cain kills his brother and God marks him on the forehead. Partly it's a sign of his guilt, but it's also a sign of God's grace and protection. That's how we live. We're broken people. We sin, but yet God, God's grace is always there, always protects us. The theologian Chris Green says uh, that our sense of sin is warped. He says there's nothing more sinful than what we've said about sin and what we've done in the name of our hatred of sin. I think that's true. When we talk about sin, sometimes we get self-absorbed. Sometimes when we talk about sin, we become self-negating. Sometimes when we talk about sin, we become other negating, other negating. Isaiah says, you serve your own interests. Lent is a season to relinquish serving me. It's a time to think about God and others first. Isaiah says, if you remove the pointing of the finger, I think Americans in the past year set a world record for the pointing of the finger. When we come to the season of Lent, we don't point the finger. Isaiah says, as if you were a nation that practiced righteousness. I read a poll recently that people say, oh, America is a Christian nation. I just want to say, have you been paying attention to what is going on in this nation? Isaiah says, you fast and you worship only to quarrel and to fight, even in our church, even the denomination, United Methodist Church, quarreling and fighting, shameful, sad. The hope is uh, what Isaiah articulates is the fast that God chooses. God says that if we were to draw close to God, we're to loose the bonds of injustice and to let the oppressed go free. Who is oppressed? Who is bound in our neighborhood, in our world? What are we being asked by God to do about that? He asks us to share our bread with the hungry, to see to it that no one is homeless. Our brokenness is a little bit like uh, my first parish. Um, I lived out in the country. The parsonage I lived in backed up to the woods. I had a dog named Abigail. She loved to roam and romp in the woods, and I would let her loose, and she would just run for hours and then come home hungry. It was great. Uh, one day, she didn't come home, and I went and searched for her, and I went back in the woods, and I heard, I heard a yelp. I heard a cry. And I followed that sound, and finally, I found Abigail. Somebody, at some point in time, had strung a barbed wire fence that had fallen down among the leaves, and, and Abigail had gotten entangled in that barbed wire. As I tried to extricate her, it was hard because the harder she struggled to get out, the more that barbed wire lashed her skin. All I could do was pat her and say, honey, be still. Honey, be calm. You're going to be okay. She finally settled down enough for me to pull back the barbed wire take her up in my arms, and take her back in the house and nurse her wounds. This is how we are. We get tangled in so many messes that are not of God. 
And the harder we try to get out, the worse it gets, right? <laughs> and God comes and says, be still. Be calm. Trust me. Let me set you free from what is wounding you. And then let me take you in my arms and bring you healing. A German nun named Macrita Wiederkehr wrote this, Fasting is cleansing. It lays bare our souls. In the divine arms we become less demanding and more like the one who holds us. We hunger for what is right. We hunger to be saints. Friends, in a minute, uh, after Taylor and I go through the uh, prayers at the table here, we'll invite you to come forward in two lines. Some of you I know have never done Ash Wednesday before in your life. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, you'll come forward, and we have uh, Ash, and we'll make the sign of the cross on your forehead. It's not painful at all. And we'll say to you, repent and believe in the gospel. And it is the beginning of that journey of Lent. And then you'll return to your seat uh, by way of the outside aisle. I'd love to remind you of such times. Martin Sheen, the great actor, he's a devout Catholic. Uh, he, he, he loves to say that he, he loves it when people in church stand in line. He says, I love the mystery of the line. He said, I can't explain it, but it's just so beautiful. It's just so mysterious. <laughs> It's so holy. And he said, when I see the line, I think I, I'm with those guys. And we together are moving toward God. And it's a beautiful thing. So friends, again, thank you for coming for Ash Wednesday. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. And it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration, there should be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word to make a right beginning of repentance and as a mark of our mortal nature, let us now bow before our creator and redeemer. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, so that we may remember that only by your gracious gift we are given everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.
Friends, this is just the beginning. What I hope for all of us will be a holy season of Lent, a time of growth. Time not to draw close to God so much as to realize that God is already very close, already very full of grace. We'll close our service by singing, Jesus, Remember Me. And when we're done with that, we'll remain in silence. You may go home immediately if you need to. You may sit in God's house and take some time in the quiet if you would like to, whatever is, uh, whatever you're moved to do on that. So, uh, remaining seated, let us sing together, Jesus, Remember Me.